Welcome to Sweeping the Country, a very special vault episode where we're going to talk about one of my favorite actors of all time, Jimmy. Yes, Morgan Freeman. Uh, Morgan Freeman is an Academy Award winning, Screen Actors Guild winning, Golden Globe winning uh, person. He started kind of late in life when he wanted to start acting from Memphis, Tennessee, lives some of the time in Greenville, Mississippi. I Mm -hmm. think he still lives down there along the Delta country, they call it. And uh, he's just a wonderful, he's kind of a Zen kind of laid back dude. And a lot of people love this movie. You know, he was in a lot of movies. Yes, he was. Uh, Of course, Driving Miss Daisy would be one of the the first that people would know about. Lean on Me is another one. But a lot of people loved him for the movie Shawshank Redemption. Uh, This movie, when I watched some of it, it reminded me of the time I had gone into an abandoned prison. It gave me the willies. Did you get that kind of claustrophobic kind of eerie not feeling? In the, not in the actual working, but uh, when we first got to the set for the rehearsal, we were given a tour, and we were taken through a section of the prison that has been condemned, uh, and that was where the cell blocks were. Oh. You know, it, it affected me. It, it made me not want to go there for real life for something I had done. They say, and I always thought it was a great Did idea to it? take kids, you know, to take kids to prisons and show them how terrible it is, and it might make them want to be good, even if it affects one person well, that way. they have... But they say it didn't work. Mm, they said it didn't work. That, uh... Because mm. Scared Straight, remember there was a movie yes, called Scared Straight? About. And they said that, that they ended up after years of looking, you know, checking people down the road, that it really didn't affect the people one way or the other. And I have a hard time believing that. Maybe I it doesn't know. affect most people, but if it just affected one or two, what harm has it done? Uh, that's true. But I, that's amazing, though, because I think that, uh, but I, you know, I, maybe it have to do with your own personal makeup. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not you are scared off of a, a, a lifestyle, as it were. Uh, boy, that's, it gets into deep stuff. It is know. deep stuff, because you start thinking about prison life and you see that after this movie is, has to be a very close depiction of what goes on in there, that the people really aren't worth anything when they leave. After they've been incarcerated for years and years, they don't know anything. So why should we ever let anyone out of prison after we've kept them there? It, 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 the, the way we have prisons now, we shouldn't. You know, because uh, it, what are they equipped to do but go back? Right. Right. So what have we said? But one thing in this movie you learn is that people have to have hope. You have to accept the bad job you have or accept whatever it is in some cases and just make the best of what you are. And I think that's a pretty nice theme in life, isn't it? Yeah, but you have to do that anyway. You try it. You have to to try. You have to try to make the best of what you have to work with. None of us are guaranteed anything in life. You know, I was looking at a movie last night and they were burying somebody and in the burial, the uh, the priest says, we bring nothing into this world, and it is certain we'll take nothing out. So in between, you get here with nothing, and in between, it's up to you. You know, it's, that's, but I guess maybe that's what all those people in prison have done, too, made the best of what they have to deal with. That also has to do with your mindset. Because that becomes a dysfunctional form of family. It is. And that's what they tell you. Give up. I'm going to be your mother and your father and your wife, but watch out. <laughs> uh, your picture hangs in one of my rooms in my home, uh, along with Mr. Eastwood, who said, you know, signed my poster of Unforgiven. 
Uh, is that one of the works that you're proud of? Unforgiven? Unforgiven? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I'm a guy who grew up uh, as a kid, my Roy Rogers straw hat on and, and, and my Gene Archer gun and my broom handle for my horse. Uh, like all kids, you know, uh, we're all cowboys and all my life I was a cowboy. And that was my first real shot at actually doing it and doing it with the mister. That's right. You got to do it with the man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But you are proud of that, right? Oh, very, very. I saw you the night. Proud, Le pleased. Lean on me was on somewhere, and I uh, I watched that, and uh, that was fun. That's an uh, that's an amazing success story, if you ask me, because you know, it was a little movie, uh, but it certainly seemed to have a tremendous effect on some people. You know? Kids liked it so much, hmm. and that's a lesson. I don't think we're all quite getting. Kids like the idea of this man's grip on their lives. People want leadership. They want somebody strong. They don't want some weak sister. Right. We all want somebody to follow, I think, deep down. Well, yes, but we want someone. Uh, these kids look at this guy. Uh, well, you know what he said he was? He said uh, he's dealing with a lot of children from dysfunctional families. And he's got to be a father, so he cannot be the bad guy. That's great. Nice seeing you again. Always good to see you. Thank great you. work. Thank you. 1994 is when that movie, the prison movie. You know, Hollywood likes prison movies. They've over they the years do. had a lot of prison <laughs> movies <laughs> they over do. time. They uh, do. He was in so many, you know, he was very much in demand to play just about anything. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of things were thrown at him. I said, you know, Morgan. Is there anything that you can't do? Do you know what you do? You know what you can do and know what you can't do. We were going through your entire body of work, from Brew Baker, even before that, all the way through, and we were trying to think think of someone who could have played all those different parts. I was kind of thinking of, you know, you've been you've done some Clint Eastwood kind of parts. I think Clint might could have played this part in some of these other roles, but you do play a lot of variety. Do you ever think you can't do something, or do you just have total yes. faith? Yes. Yes. No. I, I now there are things that I I think I can't do. Um, uh, a lot of things that I've, well, not, uh, many things I've turned down because I just couldn't see me doing them. I mean, you know, the chauffeur, you, but then you jump to very much of a leadership role as a policeman and a lot of things in between principles. Authority figures they like to put you in. Have you seen that kind of as a trend? Yes, <laughs> I have. Uh, I don't know what it is that makes that happen because I'm. I don't think of myself. Morgan Freeman's not an authority figure at all, and I'm more of a loner than anything else. Uh, I like that that uh, saying, or I don't know where it is. That, uh, don't follow me because I may not be leading. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Might be going in circles. Right. Uh, do you feel like when you when you take on a project? I mean, you want to. It's like a baseball player. You want to hit a grand slam home run every time oh, you go to play. Oh, of course. You want to hit. You so you do feel that before when you do say yes, something is going to be a big success. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think uh, think about it in terms of it being a success. You don't ever know because, sure. you know, audiences are what they are. Um, one day this works and one day it doesn't. When we were talking just types and mm -hmm. genres and things like that. So you just have to de depend on your own gut feeling about the piece. Mm -hmm. Do you like it? Is it, is it readable? Does it come off the page? Can you 
can you emotionally see the character. Would you say that you're humbled by all the praise that you get? I mean, everybody likes Morgan Freeman. I can't find a person. I mean, they might not like you personally, but I mean, they certainly like you professionally. I haven't met a person that didn't like a Morgan Freeman person. They might not like the movie, but they liked you. And uh, did Am you ever I think you were going to get that kind of success when you were trying so hard? Get that kind of success uh, is a hard one to answer because that's been the story of my life on on theater and show business and on the stage. I started when I was a kid, mm -hmm. and I was always liked. Uh, I've, nobody's ever really, really not liked me um, that often. I mean, have maybe three occasions when someone said something disparaging. But you're not a confrontational me. kind of man, right? No, I hate confrontation. I really don't like You'll it. You'll go around the block and not to get in a fight, basically? Oh, yeah. Yeah, turn around and go the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you try to make people like you. I mean, some Yeah, people, no, I need to be people, liked. Yeah. I have a very strong, strong need to be liked. Yes. But when you're in a scene, I have the feeling that you're the kind of actor, you're not going to let somebody make you do too many takes on something, for example, because I think you know where you're going to go. I, I don't like to do a lot of takes. I really don't. I th uh, no, I don't want anybody to make me do, because I think, it. For, uh, and I'm different than a lot of other actors. A lot of other actors need to keep doing it because they, mm -hmm. they're, they're getting deeper and deeper into it. It's like when you, if, particularly if you grow up on the stage and you have all this rehearsal time and you just keep peeling off a layer at a time until you get to the core of the character and by the time you open, you but you've watched Clint work, and you've watched Gene Hackman work, and that spoiled you a little bit, didn't it? Well, no, I've always... Uh, this is I've how always, you've been, even, you just fit right into that I style. I just fit right into that style, and particularly in the movies, because, uh, boom, and I've done a lot of television, and that's television doesn't lend itself very much to... I'll give you this real quick before we go. Okay. This is called Hey Morgan Freeman, on the internet. There's mm -hmm. a song about you to the tune of Hey Macarena. There's an actor that I love. His name is Morgan Freeman. He's been in such fine movies as Robin Hood and Seven. Also driving Miss Daisy and Shaw's Sacred Redemption. Hey, Morgan Freeman. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. He could have been, he could have been a star even if he hadn't been, a, if he'd been a Caucasian, Russian, Russian, Australian. I mean, it goes on and on and on. I can do that. Hey, Morgan Freeman song. You got to have uh, a song. Thank you. Thank you. 1997, Kiss the Girls, just one of the many movies that Morgan Freeman has been in. And then he got to play the President of the United States in a film called Deep Impact. That was when oh, the yeah. world was getting ready to get blown away by a comet or something. That's right, yeah. And uh, T. Leone, I think, was the girl who starred in that. That's right, and, yeah. And there was a lot of great... It was, it was a pretty good... I think there were two movies like that. A Deep Impact beat Armageddon to the box office, mm -hmm. but they were both pretty much about the same thing. Yeah, I they remember went that. about it differently, but Deep Impact was kind of was really kind of a sad film. But what would it like I wanted to be President Morgan Freeman? <laughs> would you be a good president? Not 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 on your life. I'd be in more trouble than <laughs> Well, if you get to be president, Bill Clinton. I want to be the director of the internship program. Oh, really? Yeah, that's okay. right. Just a little thing you side gift you can give me cuz I can't pay if for. If I it. decide to run, listen. Would you would yes. it go to you? I mean, how would you why would you not be a good president? Uh, number 1 I, I don't do politics at all. I'm strictly, I'm strictly an entertainer. I'm strictly what I am. I'm an actor and nothing more and a lot less. You're you know a communicator. That's the number one thing in the job. Not a communicator. I'm an actor. I'm an actor. You are communicating with me today. You are a fine communicator. Oh, okay. I, all right. I want, I want, you can get I your get, point I across. I don't doubt at all. That, and I think you're kind of a cool and collected person. Okay. Uh, I, I, maybe I got too much naysay in me about things. But... I really don't have any pretenses to being anything other than a gypsy, you know, mm -hmm. a, somebody who follows the wagons around and throws up a stage somewhere and gets up and gets, <laughs> you know, 
All right, I think that's what's been going on the last couple of years up there, you know. (laughs) Was it kind of neat, though, pretending to be, I know Michael Douglas has told me when he was president, (laughs) as the American president, that it was kind of cool for that when you're acting, playing that part, it's a real heady thing. Yeah, it is a heady thing, and and I I don't think I would have minded having a little broader scope, you know, in that, like, like, like Michael had wonderful, I'm sure he had a wonderful uh, time because uh, all of the different, you know, the, the situations and yeah. stuff that he was going through, mine sort of stuck uh, in a, I don't know, mind-boggling place here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's all coming to an end here during my presidency, and, and we, I got to cope with it. You know? Yeah, you're like the the code operator on the Titanic or something. I mean, this ship's going down. Right, you know? this ship's going down, and you listen, folk, pay attention. This is going to go down. And this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And this is going to happen. And you will. And you won't. And you won't. And you won't. You know. Yeah. What if the Earth was given a death sentence and we had a year to go? That would be a pretty frightening place to be. It wouldn't be for the longest time. Nobody would accept it. I mean, over a period of a year, uh, without some, some visible form. But if we saw that light proof. in the sky like you saw in the movie for the last little bit, then people. Then would now, leave. now, then, right? Then you'd have to have martial law. You'd have to. Put a, put a real clamp on a lot of places. And other people would chill, just completely chill out. And it wouldn't be a bad place to be at your house. I might come to your place in Mississippi because I think I'd rather be there than in a big city. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I think you'd get nuts in New York uh, or L.A. L.A., wherever there were crowds of people. But I think also that a lot of those crowds of people would get on the roads. Mm-hmm. It's like the big traffic out. jam that's mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. And this movie touches a lot of bases. I think But the most interesting thing is the is the human aspect of it. That's the part that really got me. I got teared yeah, a couple but of that, times. That, that would be the interesting part of any movie, if you, could, 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 if you would dare to do that. And, you know, what are people going through? Well, uh, congratulations on uh, number one home video right now. Kiss the Girl hey, is doing isn't great. That it's number one. Yeah. And it was number one for a while at the box office. Is that, you like that when your movies are number one? Love I mean, that. That's what you, yeah. I mean, you know, all right. if there was any yeah. such thing as a guarantee of work, being number one is it. It doesn't hurt no. to be number one. It doesn't hurt at all. Well, Mr. President, uh, maybe an ambassadorship for me. Jimmy, uh, you listen. I get Sweden. to be president. You come, we talk. Ambassador Sweden. Ambassador to Sweden. I don't want much. It's a small, North small Scandinavian place. Country. Easy, easy to do. Easy to do. And I think you'd make a wonderful ambassador. Hail to the chief. <laughs> Hail yes. Hail yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you'd, Morgan never made it to the presidency, but he was going to abort me, ambassador to Sweden. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I'm, you know, I you might know, have voted that, for him if he that, ran. I just might have done it. And probably me too. <laughs> you know, we on another interview we were talking via satellite is where you'll hear the difference in where I am and and where he is. But we talked about how do you choose the films? What is the process of making movies? This was back in. 2006, after he'd already won the Academy Award for Unforgiven, and then Shawshank Redemption, and Seven, Amistad, he was in Million Dollar Baby, the Clint Eastwood movie in 2004. This movie, yeah, I'd love to see the casting calls for what they're looking for Morgan Freeman. You're either going to play God, or you're a boss, or you're a voice of the Penguins, or something. They've got you uh, doing just about everything these days. Thank heavens. What, how do you decide what you're going to do? I mean, does it just work out what fits your schedule? or I mean, these uh, are so uniquely written for you. No, they're not uniquely written for me. I hope not. Boy, you can't. That's, that's hard to do. Um, there, are, uh, you know, there are different criteria involved in, 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 the, in the job. The, let's say you've got um, three, four possibilities, and they're all going to go pretty much within the same four-week period of each other. 
So you don't really have to choose. It sort of works itself out. A lot of movies that are going to go don't go for a lot of different reasons. Uh, sometimes you will wait uh, six, seven, eight months for a, 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 a script to materialize. It doesn't materialize, although it's posted somewhere publicly that you're going to be doing it. But you know, it, it's, it's ephemeral until they say roll film. So you get a job, if it's going to go right now and you know it's going to go right now, then that's the job you're going to be doing. Um, when you look at a movie script and read the whole thing, uh, I mean, some things probably sound better than others. Do the movies usually turn out like you think they're going to? Uh, usually, yeah. There are a few times when they don't, uh, they're better or they fall short. But uh, in the main, they'll, they'll come out the way you sort of envisioned them, um, hopefully. Uh, I've been a, very lucky in, in that regard. Uh, a lot of the movies that I've done have uh, improved over even even on my projection of what they were going to be. You know, certain directors, they're, they're all so different. I guess it's like working with, with different actors, but I guess the first little bit, you've got to figure out how that guy or that girl works, don't you? Uh, yeah, um, that is very... Um, but it's great to work with somebody that you work with before, and yeah, with new ones, you sort of stand back and watch and listen and learn, because uh, that certainly takes a lot of stress out of working when you can you get an idea of how a person is working, how what they need. I was talking to Sam Jackson about this, and you know, there's several different schools of thought. There's, you know, Eastwood and Clint, and I was thinking about Steve McQueen and some of the others. They didn't like to have long pages of dialogue. They just they thought a little bit less was more. What's your feeling on that? Do you like to have long speeches? It doesn't really matter. It depends on the writing. Sometimes uh, you will ask that uh, 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 dialogue be cut way back because uh, the what I say, and I borrowed it from somebody, is never say what you can show in a movie. So if you can show it, if you can say that you can show it, then you don't need to say it. You're sort of, you're beating the audience over the head with the obvious. This movie seemed like there was a lot of wit in it. I like the, <laughs> I like the tone and how, I don't know how it would read, but it sure looked good when you put it in a movie. No, it does. It reads very well. And uh, that, here's, here's a situation where uh, if you've got long pages of dialogue, you've got it because it's witty. And it makes sense to do it. I don't mind long pages of dialogue. I, I mean, I'm from the stage, so uh, memorizing a three-act play was what you're used to doing. So it's not about the dialogue. It's about the quality of it. Some almost theatrical, very play-like scenes in this movie, weren't there? Oh, yeah. There were quite a number of them. And it feels like it was kind of... I like the fact it was a little, you know, real bright. But sometimes in film, you know, it's not like the play. You're doing it in a point in one direction... Then you got to do it while they point in the other direction. Yeah. That gets a little crazy. Yeah. Well, you have to do that anyway, but um, sometimes they'll just set a tableau for you, and you just do it just like a play, like you just said. Uh, these, are, these are fun, and, and it's, a, it's a way to make movies, I think, that is very cost-effective. Before we go, how's Mississippi doing? It sounds like I know a concert's going to happen in Biloxi, so that's a good thing. I know some people that are going to one in July. Are things getting better, or are they still screwed up? Yeah, uh, in Mississippi, uh, we, we, they're getting better. Of course, you know, we haven't completely um, rebuilt 
the coast, but we're working on it and it's coming along quite nicely. We don't have the infrastructure problems that they have in New Orleans. Uh, we're not below sea level. We don't have levees we have to be concerned with. Um, so we're, we're busy um, salvaging uh, all the houses that can be salvaged uh, and uh, then we're going to start rebuilding. All right, sir. We'll see you soon. Good luck. All right. Thank you very much, Jimmy. One movie that he had that was, and you hadn't seen it. No, and I, I never saw it, But it's been a long time. Was David Fincher's crime thriller Seven back in 1995, and that there was a lot of buzz about that. It was kind of a, I don't know. It was just something weird about that movie that yeah. people found very disturbing, and and uh, it was it was it it definitely was a cult favorite. You know, later on, he would go on to do The Dark Knight and a lot of other things. But I tried to, you know, I don't think any of these actors ever know, but I asked Morgan Freeman, why does a movie like Seven, why is it so popular? Real quick while I'm thinking about it, why was Seven such a big hit? You're asking me, Jim? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I never know why. Uh, well, I know why Driving Miss Daisy was a big hit. I mean, it was a, it was a terrific uh, story about these two people who loved each other. Seven? I can't tell you. There is, there is in us, must be in us, um, some, we get some vicarious thrill from watching how the good guys outwit the bad guys. This was really the ultimate part of that story. You know, I mean, how would, would we get to this guy before he got done with what he was doing? Some were calling it a classy horror picture. Really? Bless them. <laughs> Doesn't matter where. But it, is, it must be difficult to be an actor. You put so much heart and soul into a project, and some things don't turn out like you want them to, not because the project's not any good, it's just for whatever reason. It, it must be weird. Yeah, I don't, it's not difficult. It's just, it, it, it's true, but it's something you have to accept, like doing a painting. It's in the doing not actually in the selling of it, because although we do this, this is a commercial, it's not a personal business, it's a commercial business, and we make movies so that they will sell, our joy is in making the movie, is in doing it, mm -hmm. you know? So you, 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 can't, you can't govern yourself based on its saleability, because you don't know what that is. Nobody but a movie that makes all. more money at the box office <clears throat> makes you feel better, or does it? It makes you feel a lot better, but, it's no, but it's it gonna, doesn't mean the project was that great. It doesn't make it any worse. It never or means that the project was that great. It just makes you feel good that someone's seeing your work, and, and you've done something that people will buy. Hmm. Yeah, because then if they do, then you can do something else. If they don't, you may not be able to do anything else. You know. It's, now this movie to me is like the difference in a fine piece of literature, or maybe let's do a food analogy, and eating a very fine meal in an expensive restaurant versus going to a fast food place. Okay, that's well, that's, that's, that's now. This is very rich. Ah, uh, sumptuous. Sumptuous. Yes, I agree with that. But uh, what does that mean in terms of, what does that mean in terms of saleability? Quality sometimes sells, sometimes doesn't. I get just as much some days out of a $5 meal than I do on a $50 a meal. I felt good after I went to this movie. I felt like I'd really seen something. I'd witnessed some art. So you would recommend it, in other words? Yeah. I said? Oh, wow. Because it was, it was, it was like you'd done something with your time. I'm glad to hear as that. As opposed to wasting your time, which is I've seen some of those lately myself. You hear that? Never thing? a Morgan Freeman movie. I don't think I've ever wasted myself in a Morgan. I'll think about that, but no. 
You've done pretty good at picking. Well, luck. Luck? Luck. Luck. Or are you just that good at reading a script? Uh, but but, but uh, reading a script, you're only looking at what you like. Mm -hmm. So I'm not thinking when I read the script, oh, man, the audience is going to eat this up. I read it, and if I'm, if I'm touched, if I'm excited by it, then that's all I go by. I mean, you did so well. Shawshank Redemption, all these movies, they're almost like, wow, you know, not your movies that you don't think are going to really, you know, knock it out of the park, I wouldn't think, just by reading it. And then, boom, you know, they just turn out great. So as I said, you don't, you don't know that they're going to knock. Sometimes you can read something and it excites the daylights out of you, and then the end product is, you know, people don't care that much about. But the thrill of it is, as I said, doing it. So what now is the one movie, if you're stopped in general in an airport or somewhere, what do they equate you with? Morgan Freeman, what do they say? Well, uh, Seven got to be very popular, so I, I hear a lot of that. Shawshank, extremely popular mm -hmm. with those who saw it. And uh, of course, Driving Miss Days is the mainstay. Still. You know, it's still, you know. Uh, you go in certain places and, of course, the older crowd, you know. It's, uh, well, it's a classic. Yeah. Nice seeing you again. Nice seeing you. Right. That was a movie that I, I never saw because of the buzz. I was so freaked out about it. I thought, nope, I'm not a scary movie guy, so I don't know if it was scary. If somebody would tell me, yeah, hey. It wasn't like a horror movie per se, but a disturbing serial killer thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't ugh, you know, I don't like that. Kennedy Center Honor, AFI Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, Cecil B. DeMille Award, Screen Actors Guild Life Achievement Award. You know, he's done theater. He's He's done it all. He is... 80, he just turned 85 years wow. old on June the 1st and still active. Yeah. Last time I checked, he's still out there doing stuff. And uh, Yeah, you know, uh, you know, he got he got into the uh, Visa commercials for a while and just, vo um, you know, voicing that, which I thought was pretty cool. And you mentioned he played president, but he also got to play God in a movie. I don't know how many. Yeah. What, who else? George Burns? He played God in a movie. Yeah. About <laughs> it's a pretty unusual gig when you can get that. You know, who yeah. are you going to get to play God? Right. You're not going to get, you know, most people. <laughs> That's so. right. No. But Morgan Freeman, he was definitely moldable into a lot of different things. Always enjoyed talking to him, a real gentleman and uh, fellow Southerner, and he really uh, was involved with the Katrina build back. Oh, nice. Because that really hit not too far from his home, and yeah. he's just a good man. Yes, indeed. And, uh, boy, uh, thank you so much, Jimmy. How enlightening uh, to hear from the voice of God, Morgan Freeman. I've sure. always liked him. I think he's one of my favorite actors. And, you know, each week from the vault, we'll grab an interview that Jimmy has done in the past. You have so many. How many interviews do you think you've done, Jimmy, over, over your lifetime? I mean, just I to throw know, a number thousands, out there. Thousands. Hundreds. Thousands. And certainly I have posted hundreds, yeah. but I've certainly done thousands. Well, you know we could uh, we can go on forever. So this uh, broadcast will always be available to you. Tune in next week to see who we feature on The Vault. Until then, thank you for listening to Sweeping the Country. Good day. Good day.